0: In the fall each year we all congregate, the found all gathered at the church at Pilgrim. The scriptures reading from the book of Moses. our favorite birth, my God of Christ. Drunk and notches what children fail, ain't nothing finer in the land. Now the 3,000 of our best friends, it's Saturday and last
2: Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And with the season five days out, we have our first preview episode of the year. So we are joined by a very special guest, one of our favorites, Mr. Jamie Dean. Jamie, say hello to everybody. Herschel, what do we say, brother, boss? Hey, y'all. Go dogs. Thank you for having me. Yeah, brother. Well, thank you for being with us. We figured it was the... Perfect week to chat with you. We know you're amped up and excited for us. I'm going to tell a story on you a little bit. Uh, back in like June, Jamie texts me. And he's like, hey, man, you know what side the dogs are sitting on for the ball game come September? I'm like, "Nope," but I'm going to do everything I can to find out. So it gets to the point where Jamie is itching to get his tickets. So he's like, what side do you think? I said, well, I hope they're on the home side. So let's go home side. Pick the side the Panthers sit on. <laughs> So Jamie shot with it and picked that side. And I said, no pressure, brother. I hope you don't end up in a sea full of cleansing people. (laughs) So man, I was, I was with bated breath waiting to see where they'd announced they were going to sit when they announced they were sitting on the right side. I texted Jamie, said, Oh, thank God, brother. I would have felt awful. otherwise."
1: (laughs) Thank the Lord. I couldn't wait another day. We, I I just, I couldn't wait. We got our tickets. We got our, (laughs) my buddy got our hotel room. I think before we got our tickets, and they contacted him not too terribly long ago and they were offering cash over what he paid to get him back. So wow. it's a, yeah, I, th- I think uh, finding room is, is getting tight there now downtown. I didn't realize that there was a ball game Thursday and Friday night, three nights in a row.
2: Yeah. So uh, ECU app state is playing, I guess you could call it the, the undercard for the Duke's Mayo classic on Thursday night. And then, um, Duke, UNC, Charlotte's playing Friday night on Charlotte's campus, and then obviously the, the big hitter, Dogs, Tigers on Saturday night. But man, you have yourself quite the football weekend in uh,
1: in the Queen City this weekend. I mean, something every night. It is really amazing and, and good for Charlotte to be able to do that. Selfishly, I'm thinking moving into town on Friday afternoon. You're gonna have to have some patience if there's ball games before, during, and after. You know. Yeah, I don't care if I have to park outside of town and walk barefooted. I'll be there Saturday, you can bet. So, it's kind of
2: exciting. (laughs) You know, obviously, it's game week. Everything's kicking up. And Coach Smart had his press conference today. So, he's given some of the injury updates and everything. And some good news. Well, not just him, but they also actually interviewed John Fitzpatrick. So, it looks like John Fitzpatrick is going to be full go for Saturday night, which I I think before this, everybody had been a little bit iffy about if he was going to be questionable or if he was going to be able to go. And with Darnell Washington looking like he's probably not going to play, it's good news that that Fitz will get to play because I think that's big from a blocking perspective and an experience perspective. And I was excited to see Brock Bowers, but you don't want him rolling out as a true freshman and having to take the majority of the snaps. So that's a good thing. And also, I will say, I did see um, some article or video where Darnell Washington was on Instagram Live one night, a couple nights ago, apparently no boot on, walking around his apartment. Somebody asked him about if he was going to play in the game on Saturday. Night. He said, "I got something for
1: y'all." So who knows? Maybe mm. he, maybe he's not out. We'll see. Mm. Um, well, I hope he, I hope he can play. But you know, Fitz is a, a good, a good placeholder for him. We're going to need some good block and We need the experience on the line. You know, Zero's ankle might not be feeling so well after a couple of reps. You know, Clemson's defense is no joke. So, I, you know, hopefully, I don't know if he's good to go. Let's go. But if he's not, I'd hate for that to linger because it's a long season for us. Yeah, how do you feel about it, Jimmy? You feel like I've been asking bosses for like two months,
2: but what's your, where's your gut at on this? You feel good about it? You feel nervous
1: about it? Where, where are you sitting five days out? I, I felt really good till I saw Mr. Corso pick Georgia to win the national championship. Then it all went down <laughs> in flames. I mean, I thought, are you kidding me? Just please. I like the dogs this year. I think we've – I think Coach Smart's been there long enough. I think we got guys behind guys. And when you get to the point where – so if you're your tight end's out, you got another stud coming in behind. We got JT that's fully entrenched. We got a kid behind him. We got another kid coming that threw five touchdowns. We got offensive linemen behind offensive linemen. We got the transfer portal has been nice to us. Defensive guys coming in. Our defense coming back. We're – we've got experience, we're all set up, the schedule is all set up, you know, we just have to, and even if we were to lose this weekend, I think the big game, the first game, we can recover from that, and possibly win out, but, you know, for me, it's always Florida sitting there, those dadgum Florida Gators, we just gotta, you gotta win the games that you're supposed to win, you know, and, and you can't stumble, it's a long season, I think Kirby's done a great job, I like our team, and I don't know, man. I feel like this could be a really exciting year for Georgia.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think Boston's too. I mean, we've talked about this all summer, and it just seems like the cards are lining up. Like, to your point, their depth is as good as it's been since Kirby got there. I mean, it's Alabama depth. I mean, they've got guys. That's it. Yeah. They've got guys in the two deep that could start uh, pretty much anywhere else in the country. and at this point in the college game, that's what you got to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. and and you got to love that if you're a Georgia fan, right? And I just think, too, and we've talked about this, and you can't really quantify these things, but, man, the language has been really, really good out of camp, even back to SEC media days. I love this leadership group. I love JT Daniels. I love Jordan Davis. I, I just think this team, they seem like they like each other. And they seem like they're fighting for each other. And, man, I just – I think that stuff matters. I mean, you call me old-timer or whatever, but that's meaningful to me. And I'm excited to be hearing the things that we're hearing. And, man, JT just – he strikes all the right notes. And I think to have a guy that talented to be in the, the Heisman contender race and to be as humble as he's been and to keep lifting his teammates up on his shoulders every opportunity he gets, man, I just
1: love that. I love it. He's he's my kind of guy for sure. I mean, to to commit to Georgia and never have visited Athens and then to come. And then he was there, I think, for 12, 13 months before he ever went home. Like he stayed in Athens over the break, over everything, and accepts what it is and appreciates it for what it is. I saw he was second in odds for Heisman voting. I thought, golly, it's been a long time since you've, we've seen a, a dog up, up that high in in the before the season starts. He's got all the tools, you know. He's got the pedigree, and, and he's got some weapons, too. So, I'm pulling for him. I like him. He's my kind of guy. Yeah, I, I'm,
2: we've we've said this before, but have you read uh, Trevor Moad's book, It Takes What It Takes? Trevor Moad is Russell Wilson's brain trainer, mental conditioning coach. No, I need to, uh, y- You do. You will love it. I would get the audio book because he reads it. And the reason I think it's a must read for dogs fans is because after his time at Alabama, when Kirby shifted over to UGA, he brought Trevor with him. So, Trevor had been the mental conditioning coach at Alabama. Um, he, he talks a lot about neutral thinking. His big thing is no stinking thinking. So, it's essentially a study in how negativity, how we, when we say negative things out loud, how adversely it affects us. And so the goal is to just stay neutral, right? Like not get too high, not get too low. And the cool part for Georgia fans is he tells a lot of stories from the 17 and 18 season with working with that leadership group and those type things. But he also talks about a high school kid in California that he's super impressed with that he was working with as a high schooler by the name of JT Daniels. Mm -hmm. And the book released right before COVID hit. So it was before JT had even transferred into UGA. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's worth the read and it'll, it'll even give you, I think, a deeper look into to JT and kind of what he is from a mental perspective. So definitely worth the read. I think you'll love it. And just the back end stories you get to hear about Georgia from 17 and 18. Like he tells stories about being in the locker room at halftime in Pasadena, which I know you'll love. So mm-hmm. um, just just really cool. So I, I would definitely
1: check that out. But well, um, that strikes a chord very close to me because you know, being in the food service business and having the opportunity to do stuff outside of the restaurant, there has there's been ebbs and flows in our life. You know, going back from when I was a you know, a young child, so many challenges that we've overcome and faced, and so many blessings, so many awesome things I've been able to do. And I've always felt it's very important to stay kind of in the middle. I was never Mm -hmm. one to kick pots or throw or my mom always told me when she knew that when I was the busiest, that's when I was the quietest, you know, it's that, this, that, that quiet center, never too high, never too low. That's, that's how I try to live my, my life. I think it's, it's, uh, and it, 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 it takes a certain amount of strength too, because you know, sometimes, you know, just to kind of. I'm, I'm going to read that book because that's where I feel like I try to stay, you know, kind of like a duck. I'm paddling like hell, but on the water, you know, the surface of the water, everything's kind of cool. And, and you know, good things come to those who wait and who do good things too, you know. So patience and kindness and being level in all things. If you fly off the handle, you're not going to find a good seat when you're off the handle, you know. So you just got to easy easy does it. Now, until – You know, there's a crazy bounce or something in a Georgia game, then I completely lose that. That's different though. Like in the last five (laughs) minutes of a of a college football game, throw all that out the window. Although I was pretty, I was pretty damn quiet when we were in Atlanta after the Natty. I wasn't a lot of kicking and screaming that night either. I was wrung out emotionally. Oh man, gosh! And that was after you had gotten back from Pasadena too. So that's two straight weeks
2: of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I know that was exhausting because it took me a week to recover after getting back
1: from Pasadena between the travel yeah. and the emotion. Like, oh, man, that wore me out. We got to Savannah and it snowed. We had, we, we had snow. Yeah, school was out. Well, it was it was over the new year, but I think school was canceled. We got like five or six inches of snow, uh, put a boogie board on a golf cart with a uh, a, a ski rope and like to, tore my finger off. But that's uh, a <laughs> redneck snowmobile and that's what that was.
2: Oh, that's fantastic!
1: Well, I want to ask you about
2: um, I want to ask you about this series, Georgia Clemson. Obviously, a lot of history. Uh, the game was played annually in the early twentieth century. Was then played almost annually. I think they missed maybe two years from the early '60s to late '80s. So, a lot of history in the rivalry. Um, and I, I do feel like there's there's a little bit of the narrative has gotten a little bit off kilter. Like I feel like there's there's some kind of um, view out there that Clemson. Owns this rivalry or something. And, and I just want to throw some numbers at y'all, boys. So the, the lifetime record between Georgia and Clemson is 42, 18 and four. And that's in the dogs' favor. 42 wins for the good guys, only 18 for them striped cats out of Clemson. And then since, since 1991, the dogs are six and one against Clemson. The only game Clemson won was that 2013 thriller in Death Valley. Uh, when the dogs came up just a bit short, 38-35. So, you know, if somebody tries to give you some grief this week and tell you that Clemson owns Georgia or Clemson has big-time lead in the series or something, you dropped in numbers on them. Just let them know that it's all
1: dogs for 120 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at the – what is it, the last five or six years, the attention that Clemson's got, and rightfully so. Dabo's got them coached up. They're playing good. They got professionals all over the place. I mean, they're winning ball games. But they hadn't played anybody like us, you know. They say this is their toughest, their toughest um, battle this year for their regular season is is to play us first, and you know it didn't really work out well for them when they got in shoving matches with big SEC guys. But Debo recruits, he brings those boys. It's two hours from Athens. There's a bunch of ball players around his orbit and his ties to Alabama. You know that's always interesting. And him and Nick, and could he replace Nick? I understand the the narrative. But, hell, they deserved it. I mean, they've earned it. They've been up there every single year. It seems like Georgia's kind of the one on the outside trying to kind of get our way in. And um, I think it's going to be a good game, and I certainly respect them. But I like Georgia's chances. I think – I mean, we're stacked, man. I don't know what more we can do. We're relatively healthy. I'm sure we're ready to go. I'm sure the boys are ready you know it's uh, not too far away we're on the home side of the stadium george is going to travel you know we're going to have some support there so let's let's tee it up man i like the dogs this weekend though and i think it'll be really good for our program i hope we come out and put it on them yeah I hope me we too. put it on them i'd like to beat them by 21 and then i you won't have to listen to no more of that baloney yeah the
2: two things i'm really watching is Clemson is coming off, obviously, a very disappointing showing in the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State, where their defense, I think, in a lot of ways got exposed, especially their defensive backfield in the vertical passing game. And I think that's something that Georgia is built to take advantage of, and I think it's what Coach Munkin wants to do. I'm looking for them to come out pretty similar to what they did in G-Day and use that short and intermediate passing game to Loosen things up underneath, number one. And number two, I think they're really going to work to neutralize Clemson's defensive line by trying to get things out quick. I think their one hesitation is not knowing necessarily what they're going to get on the edges from Jamari Salyer and Warren McClendon against that just behemoth of a defensive front for Clemson. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to do everything they can schematically to take that away. And then when the opportunity presents itself, look for them to try and hit Arian Smith or Adnay Mitchell or Kiaris Jackson over the top. I think they're going to try to hit some big pop plays. But I'm with you, Jamie. I, I really do hope they come out and make a statement and just put it on them because I think on it's them. good good for Georgia's narrative nationally. I'm just mm-hmm. tired tired of hearing that they're not elite, tired of hearing that they're not there, tired of hearing that Kirby can't develop, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to come out and put a whooping on them and put Georgia's stamp on this season early and often. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, that defensive line is going to be a problem, but JT knows what he's doing. He's quick, and we has got a stable full of backs. He can ease out. We can dump to them. I think getting rid of the ball early and finding some open space is definitely an opportunity for us. And if we're going to go downfield, you know, it'll probably be later in the game. But that defensive line, uh, the, the offensive line, has got their, their work cut out for him. And I know coach Luke's been working hard to get them ready. So, I mean, we got weapons everywhere, you know, yeah. and, and if you always hear Alabama, you know, even uh, if you saw, I think sports illustrated this week has got, they have Ohio state over Alabama, Alabama over Ohio state, I think in that championship. I'm so sick of those guys. And George is always like five or six, yep. but that's, you know, we got to win the ones that we've got to win and, I wish we could have rolled out of the Rose Bowl and got that national championship. The narrative will be completely different for Georgia. And now it's, you know, everybody making fun of 1980 or whatever. But I'm telling you, y'all better watch what you're doing because all this recruiting, the top recruiting class that we have, that just means exactly the narrative that Alabama has when they will rotate an entire line of people out and then you won't even tell the difference because five men come in right behind them. I've watched them do it to us numerous times. So I think building up our depth is – You got to have some depth because kids get hurt. You know, it's uh, depth at all the key positions. I really like the way that Georgia's gone, and we're just stacking them, stacking them.
2: I think there would be some interesting symmetry if Georgia could come out and make a statement against Clemson and start a magical year. Because if you think back on it, what brought Clemson to their ascent was – poaching two Georgia quarterbacks out of Athens' backyard uh, in Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. And just think how differently Georgia's history looks in the last decade if those two kids come and play in Athens instead of going Mm -hmm. to Clemson to play for Dabo. So I do think it'd be some symmetry for Georgia's statement, kind of turning point win could be against the same program that took away two just massively impactful players from a college football perspective. Um, and I, I think that's been the turn in the tide, right? I don't think any of us think Kirby would have lost both of them. Do we? I mean, I, I just, I would not, he, I would not guess that now. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's the difference now is those kind of kids are, are staying home to play for the G now. So yeah, um, it's like
1: Gunner, look at Gunner. He's coming yep. in right behind Brock. Yep. And that takes some guts, you know, and I like it. I want the kid to come in and fight for it. And Brock like a stud too. Let's just too many quarterbacks is a good problem for us to have. You know, I don't want to – there's a way to handle that and manage that. and But i just like to get them all on campus, and then we'll figure it out when the time comes.
2: I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. I know you were at G-Day. What did you think of Brock? Didn't you think he just kind of looked like he's got it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't believe the kid was in high school mere months before I saw him. Yeah. I mean, tag on, the the guy is a beast-looking – it, it, it's amazing how teenagers are. It seems like it's changed. I guess every generation says that. I never went to high school with anybody that looked like that. And what? Well, granted, it was a is Prince a two A school? Yeah, but good I on him. That's Right. <clears throat> no, the kid's tough. He runs. He runs around the outside. He throws a deep ball. I like him, and I, I I don't think there'd be any if Gunner comes in and and competes with him next year. That would be a really that would be a tremendous reflection on Gunner and his talents. I think Brock's probably got it locked down. He looks like a daggone pro. Yeah, man, it's them coaches'
2: kids. I feel like they're always a step ahead of the game. And I think yeah. his daddy coaching the way he has. And I think his daddy's a defensive coach, which I think is a big help because I think it gives him a leg up on how to see the field and how to see schemes yeah. from that defensive yeah. mindset. So I think, I think that's a huge right
1: Yeah. I like All right, it. boys uh, an, an abundance of riches is what we're dealing with.
2: Yeah. Look, like, I love that. I mean, I think that's Kirby's MO though, to your point yeah. is we're just going to keep recruiting depth and you can never have enough talent. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think he's going to keep doing that. I think that's the way to go. I think that's the saving model, right? I mean, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm good with that. All right, boys. It's uh, it's week one of the college football season, which means we got a full slate of games, had a little appetizer, a little wet the appetite last weekend, but got a full slate this weekend. So I've, I've cherry picked 10 games for us to pick against the spread. Jamie, this is year two for you picking and the the 10 pounds of gold, the red Saturday in Athens belt is on the line. And I know that thing would look just fantastic in the Crescent city. So, I mean, in the host of city. So I, I think you need to be locking these picks up brother.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll wear it proudly. You know you know me and my picks, So I don't know where I finished last year, but it was not in first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither did me and boss. <laughs> I don't yeah, care right, about anybody part. but Georgia and my fantasy team. I'll try my best, though. Let's go. All
2: right. First game is going to be the Duke's Mayo appetizer that we talked about, which is East Carolina App State. App State's going to roll down from Boone and East Carolina's going to roll west from, from Greenville. So, um, who you liking that one, Jamie? App State's favored by 10.5,
1: and that's 7.30 kick on Thursday night. I think App State's a pretty good football team, don't y'all? And that's a lot of points, but I think, you know, I like them coming in. I'll take App State. I'll give the 11.5. Who do you like, boss? Yeah, I'm rolling with App State on this one, too. I think they're going to – I mean,
0: ECU's been – Pretty terrible since uh, they poached uh, Mike Houston from my alma mater. So uh, I, I think they're going to continue to be pretty terrible. And he's going to get fired after this year. So uh, I, I'm going with App State.
1: Yeah, oh, thank goodness role- that Buffs and I are the same. Oh, and you're the
2: same too, Hurst. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, I'm taking them. I'm taking the Mountaineers. I, I love what they got going on in Boone. I think they're building a legitimate D1 program there after making the jump from from 1AA. A. East Carolina's program has just been in shambles. Um, and I, I think app state's going to come out on a national stage on Thursday night. I think they're going to put a whooping on the pirates, the irate pirates. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're all on app state. (laughs) For better or worse. For better or worse. That's right. All right. Also another game on Thursday night, Ohio state is playing Minnesota and our guy PJ Fleck row the boat. Um, the Ohio State University favored by 14 and a half against the Gophers. Who do you like in that one, Jamie?
1: I like uh, I like the way that Minnesota's been playing football. I think they've, the last couple of years, they've kind of put some things together. Ohio State is Ohio State. I think with the opening to the season, I really like Ohio State, and I'll, I'll give them the 14. Ohio State's good. What do you think, boss?
0: If this was... I don't know, week eight. And we knew a little bit more about um, what Minnesota is going to be this year. I was really high on them last year, and they really disappointed me. So I'm going to stick with the known commodity and go with OSU as much as I can't stand them. All right, boss, who's your boy picking? Minnesota, no question.
2: (laughs) That's absolutely right. (laughs) I am rowing the boat with P.J. Fleck all the time. I love P.J. Fleck. I just love his mindset. I love what he does. Has a book out now with John Gordon that's fantastic. I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm all in on the culture at Minnesota. So I am, I'm picking PJ Fleck and the Golden Gophers to, uh, well, at least cover. I'm not picking them to beat Ohio State or anything, but I'm, I'm going to pick them to cover the 14 and a half. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm not going to get crazy.
1: I hope they beat them.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. That'd be, too. that'd be I excellent. <laughs> all right. So this is what when we're going to This Minnesota's get started magical
1: with? year year before yeah. last
2: yeah that's right wasn't it wasn't it was it 19? Yeah. 19 they made that big run yeah yeah man i i like what they're doing plus I, I love their new stadium i think they had a cool stadium and they did a show with him there maybe it was on big 10 network man their facility is so nice and uh they do push a lot of academics because they have so many fortune 500 companies in the twin cities yeah Mm-hmm. But they'll have all these Fortune 500 CEOs coming and talk to the team and stuff. Like, what a mm-hmm. cool thing! I think yeah, he Minnesota's would fit very to. well in the South. PJ Fleck. Like I thought, Florida State should have thrown boatloads of money at him to bring him to FSU. I thought he'd be a great turnaround guy there, but they went with Mike Norville, and that was that was their choice. So we'll see how long <laughs> that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the game we kick it off with on Saturday, the noon game, I guess is the big game in the noon hour, is Penn State at Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's favored by four and a half. James Franklin and his boys looking for a rebound from a rough COVID-shortened season last year. Um, I feel like Wisconsin is, you know, they're always there. They're like cheese and beer in Wisconsin. They're just ever-present. They'll never let you down, right? Like, they're just <laughs> steady Eddie. So um, who you like in that one, Jamie? Wisconsin favored by four and a half.
1: Wisconsin's kind of the opposite of Penn State, that you feel like you can count on them and they should win the game, so they're going to win. And Wisconsin's a tough ball club. I think they're going to cover the four pretty easily. Penn State will probably rebound a little bit this year. I think the first game of the year, they're going to be called a little bit flat, though. And Penn State doesn't really know who they are. I like Coach Franklin, and I wish him the best, and – but the ups and downs, I like Wisconsin. I like their offensive line. I like their their strength. I like them at home. I like Wisconsin to cover four points this weekend. How
2: about you, boss? Wisconsin, your kind of team, brother. They always lean on those big uglies up front. I know those are your boys. Who do you like?
0: Oh, Wisconsin's going to win this game. I have no doubt about it. I just feel that this is going to be one of those ugly, like, 13 10 type games it's because as usual the, Wisconsin's not going to have a passing game they just don't have one that typical Wisconsin win
2: so so you're rolling with Penn State but you think Wisconsin's
0: gonna win that's what you're telling me yeah I think Wisconsin wins and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if it's the backdoor cover but I think I think Penn State covers this all right, boss. What's your, what's
2: your boy's second favorite college town in all of America?
0: Uh, Wisconsin. I already had you pegged in for Wisconsin on this one, just so you know. <laughs> That's correct. I had Minnesota and Wisconsin already in for you.
2: <laughs> yes, Madison. One of my favorite towns in all of America. I think Camp Bird. Randall. Is, I think Camp Randall is electric. They're going to be jumping around. Bucky's going to be ready. I don't know, man. I, I like him to cover that four and a half. I'm taking the Badgers. Hey, that's a fun town too, brother. Like that's what I hear. I wouldn't. I would never. I would never smite Athens. But if there's a one B in college towns, it's Madison, Wisconsin. They that's don't play up
1: there, boy. I got. Uh, maybe we'll get the chance to go see Georgia up there. I want more beer and more cheese in my life. I've heard it's Ooh. an awesome hang. I'll tell you what, brother. You and me could just get a whole platter of cheese curds and we'll have us just a fantastic weekend. <laughs> oh, I went up to see the Green Bay Packers with a friend of mine. I ate so many fried cheese curds. I flew out Sunday night after the game. I threw up till Wednesday. Just high <laughs> lives and fried cheese. The worst. I got back to Georgia. I packed – it was December. I packed every bit of clothes I had to go watch the Packers play. I was wearing a, a Georgia Bulldogs jersey, of course. Crammed in that stadium. God, the, nobody had coolers. Beer was just sitting out because it was like four degrees anyway. <laughs> I threw up for two days after I got home.
2: It so was hold awesome. on, I need I need a little I need a little side action here. Tell me about Lambo. I never been. That's on my
1: list. How was it? We we parked in somebody's yard and then walked about two blocks to the stadium and went through the Hall of Fame thing. It was it's if visiting stadiums and baseball and, or uh, the garden, anything like that, you could feel it when you walk in. And I totally felt it, you know, when we walked in. Old school steel bleachers, no armrest. There's supposed to be 24 people on there, and there's 32 people crammed <laughs> in there. And just the amount of clothes. And it, it was dark at like 2.15 in the daytime, you know. It was, it was uh, the Packers played. I think it was the, I believe it was the Bills. This has been a long time ago. And uh, we wound up getting a hotel room that we were only in Saturday night for just a couple of hours. And then it was just all Miller High Highlights, which my buddy called pork chops. So it was all pork chops <laughs> and fried curds. And it was bananas. <laughs> the amount of clothes I was wearing, you should have seen. I looked like, like the uh, Stay Puff. Uh, marshmallow guy. All my clothes, and then <laughs> I stretched a Georgia jersey over it to wear up the lambo.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Super fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's excellent.
2: That's excellent. All right, so Georgia's nemesis, or one of Georgia's nemesis, is kicking off 330 uh, in Atlanta, playing Miami, Alabama's 18 and a half point favorite against the Hurricanes and Derek King at 330 on Saturday. Who are you liking that one,
1: Jamie? I mean, I I... I don't think this is a good game for Miami. I think Alabama is too strong. I, I don't know if Miami's ready for the pounding they're going to get um, up front from Alabama. That you would assume now. Alabama's got a new quarterback coming, but I mean it's Alabama and Miami's Miami. I, I like their. I like De'Arick King. I think he's going to do well. He's, he's probably thirty-four years old. He's been there forever, <laughs> so he's got the experience. But unfortunately for him, he's playing Alabama. So would you say the line was 19 Eight? yeah 18 and a half 18 I don't know I see Bama covering that easily I don't think Miami's ready to play with Alabama and you know it's Alabama and Atlanta and you better you better come ready and I don't know if uh, I don't know if Miami's ready for that I'll give the points and I'll take Alabama what you think boss? you know I hate myself but I'm taking Bama too.
2: Yeah, I I went back and forth with this just because the quarterbacks that generally give Nick Saban trouble are guys that can expand plays, move the pocket around, and De'Aaron King checks those boxes, right? But I don't know, man. It's just I've picked against them before, and I've picked against them in openers. And if you look at the numbers on Alabama, they don't just win their openers. They just dump truck people like – they come out and set the tone early every single year. And I don't know I, until they prove me otherwise, because they've done it so many times. I think I'm gonna have to pick them. I mean, I want to say the Eric Kings and give them enough trouble to cover that point spread, but I just, I'm not doing it. I, I do not believe in Miami. I, I don't think they're back. I don't think they are back to the point where they were in their glory days running through the, fire extinguishers and scared everybody to death when they played them i just i don't know man i don't see it so i think alabama covers that unfortunately i would love to see miami just beat them straight up but um yeah i think they're covering that all right i picked this one because this is the one of the new additions to the sec so this ain't your daddy's sec but you'll louisiana lafayette play in texas And Texas only favored by eight and a half. A lot of people like Lafayette, like what they did last year against Iowa State early in the season. So I think they're still getting some juice. I mean, still a talented roster, um, but it's Texas. Steve Sarkeesian's debut with the Longhorns. Who are you liking that one, Jamie? Texas favored by eight and a half.
1: I think this is a tough week for everybody in Louisiana, right? I don't know what uh, UL Monroe's situation is, but I'm sure that there are going to be some distractions for them and some challenges that they're going to have to overcome. It's not related to uh, the football team. And, you know, going into Texas, Texas has kind of got something to prove. I think I like Texas to cover. Steve's probably going to do a good job there. They certainly get some good athletes. They've had some uh, – the coaching carousel hasn't treated them too kindly. But I think they've got enough to, to, to give uh, Monroe eight points and cover that. What you like, boss? This is one of those spreads I absolutely hate. I hate seven and a
0: half, six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half spreads. But I think because it's Sark's debut, he's going to want to come out and put up a ton of points and show that it's, even though it's not a big name um, opponent, that he was the right choice. Um, I think Texas, as much as I love Lafayette, I think that they roll in this one.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm rolling with Texas, too. I- I think Sark will have a good offensive game plan. I'm going to tell you, man, I was so, so impressed with the offensive game plans that he drew up last year, not just against us, but in the SEC championship game against Florida. I just, I I like what he does. Now, obviously he's not, the cupboard isn't going to be as full at Texas as it was at Alabama, but I do think you can scheme and coach some of those things. And I I think they'll come out and have a good debut. So I, I like him to cover that eight and a half as well. Um, all right, Florida's opener. They got florida Atlantic to open the year, and Florida is favored by 24-and-a-half. Who are you liking that one, Jimmy?
1: I ain't picking Florida for nothing, <laughs> never, ever. I don't care who they're playing. I'll take the other team, 100 out of 100. I don't care what the line is. I don't care who it is or where it is. Damn Florida. I'll take the other guys.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: Where are you at on this, boss? <laughs> I oh, can't Bob, really pick up
2: them. that.
0: But, I uh, dare you. I dare you. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to pick Florida. I mean, Florida Atlantic was <laughs> terrible last year. I mean, let's be honest. That's besides they, they the point. They were terrible. What they went. So, I mean, I hate Florida, but I'm, I'm trying to – I got to do – I got to get to 500 this year. I'm, I wasn't 500 last year. I got to get to 500 this year. So, I'm, I'm going with Florida. <laughs> I'm, I'm, to rolling, give the
2: belt. I'm rolling with Jamie. I, I can't. I can't. I just can't pick up. I can't do it. I just cannot do it. Um, ain't, I, ain't, ain't doing it. Nope. I'm taking FAU. I, I think Florida is going to come out and sleepwalk a little bit. I really think that, um, that Emory's going to have a little bit of trouble adjusting. I think there is in the national media's mindset and probably in Dan Mullen's P Brain too. I think they just think it's going to be plug and play and they're going to be just like they were last year. And I'm telling you that offense is not going to be what it was last year. That was a lightning in a bottle. You got an absolute freak in Kyle Pitts. And then Kyle Trask was the perfect distributor for that offense. I think it was very underrated how good he did making decisions in that offense and putting guys in the right position. And he made all the throws he was supposed to make. And that's what I'm real interested to see with with Emory Jones is to see if he's going to be able to, to duplicate that, keep them on the field, and, and allow them to, to churn up field and churn up clock. So, yeah, I'm going Florida Atlantic, mostly out of principle. But I, I do think they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, okay, this game is really interesting to me just because I, I don't really know what to expect from Florida State but Notre Dame is playing Florida State in dope to open the year and Notre Dame is a seven and a half point road favorite Notre Dame obviously coming off a really really good last year a uh, year last year but graduating Ian Book who to your point Jamie with Derek King I feel like Ian Book was at Notre Dame since Rudy was enrolled there uh, he had been there so long so th- they're obviously replacing stuff and, and are figuring some stuff out too but Notre Dame seven and a half
1: point road favorite at Florida State who are you liking that one Jamie I like Florida State's attitude coming out. I know that they're going to want to put on a good show, and there's bound to be tributes to Coach Bowden. Uh, It's going to be an emotional day for them. I just don't know if they can – if that's enough to put them over the hump. Notre Dame's going to come in, and they're going to Notre Dame them. Florida State's underperformed. You know, I think they're going to come in high, but I I think I is – I believe that Notre Dame will cover – I'll take Notre Dame and give the points. But I think Florida State will hang in there for a while. I think they might lose it in the second half as the emotional high of whatever's going on surrounding that game kind of wears off, and they just kind of get worn down by those big guys from South Bend.
2: What you think, boss? you think Jermaine Johnson will have a big day against the Fighting Irish?
0: He's the, not even – wasn't even on my radar when I was thinking about this game. But I've gone back and forth on this game several times. I originally had Notre Dame pegged in here, but I really – think fsu coverage i don't think they win big right here but i'm switching my pick to fsu to cover all right so fsu to cover i,
2: I think i i think i'm with jamie on this i think notre dame's going to cover i just don't know what the i don't know if florida state is ready to make up the talent deficit yet with yeah. notre dame which is crazy to say yeah, right? right to to be talking about florida state from the perspective of having a talent deficit just seems crazy if you grew up watching them in the '90s and how dominant they were even into the, the two thousands and all the way through through Jimbo's tenure. But I I don't, man, I, I don't know if they got the guns to hang with Notre Dame for four quarters and you know, it's basically a touchdown. So, uh, I'm going to roll with Notre Dame too. Uh, all right. So this is a compelling game for a couple of reasons. Obviously everything going on in Louisiana. First off, we, we certainly pray for everybody in the state of Louisiana. Um, I know everybody's going through it right now. Um, because of what's going on, LSU relocated to, I believe, Houston. Am I right about that? Is that where they relocated to, boss?
1: Pretty sure it's in Houston, yeah. That's yeah, what I believe were... I heard today was Houston.
2: Yeah, I think they had been on the bus all night and arrived in Houston. They're going to practice uh, in Houston this week, so they are, um, you know, outside of their facility, getting ready for a big game, going to UCLA to play in the Rose Bowl. Um They're three and a half point road favorites against UCLA. Chip Kelly's team trying to establish something came out and had a a big win to open the season last weekend. Um, But LSU is looking to make their own statement after an up and down season. So who do you like in that one, Jamie? LSU favored by three and a half against UCLA.
1: Well, you know, I'm SEC guy, but. I wouldn't mind wearing that big red belt. So I'm going to take UCLA to upset LSU. It's too, it's, it's too much to overcome now with them getting moved to Houston. And you know that they face a lot of off the field things that they're going to be worried about their families. And I know they recruit so heavy from down there. Every single person on that team is going to have family affected by the storm that they're still pushing through, I think, right now. So moving to Houston, that, that's a challenge going to the Rose Bowl. It's going to be a beautiful day in the Rose Bowl, and UCLA is looking pretty good. I don't think they're going to put it on them like UCLA did last week, but I like UCLA to win the game, and I'll take the three-and-a-half in UCLA against LSU. What do you feel about this one, boss?
0: I have picked UCLA so many times since Chip Kelly has been there and lost every single time, so, even with what they're going
2: through. This is this is a tough one for me. I I don't know how I feel about this. I, I want to think that Chip Kelly is turning things around at UCLA. I love when historically good programs are good. I think it's good for college football if UCLA is good. Um, I, I just I just don't know. I think that LSU has got a lot of talent. That's a big road trip to make early in the year, especially after yeah. the week they've had. Um, I think I'm going with the Bruins. I think I'm going to ride with Chip one more time. Um, I like them at home. I love that they're playing at the Rose Bowl. I think the one thing they're going to have to gin up a little bit is they're going to have to have better better fan support than they did last week. That stadium was was a little bit light
1: on attendance. I mean, that was wild. Like 300 people want to go to UCLA's opener at the Rose Bowl? That's ridiculous. I don't care how much other stuff there is to do. If if they're your team and they play in the Rose Bowl and it's an opening game, that was – I don't know. It's different down here, I guess. But she couldn't keep me out of there if I was in California and a UCLA fan, brother.
2: I would drive 150 miles in a scooter to watch somebody play violin at midfield just to
1: sit inside the
2: Rose Bowl, much less a college football
1: game. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I took two planes and spent all my money and drug my whole family to go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I just – I couldn't believe it. The the images were wild, so – but I, I still I I think that Chip is is doing something and I don't know if they'll win but I think they'll cover I think it's gonna be a, a really good ball game I think it's be one of those things where we can kind of be watching it on the scoreboard while we're watching the dogs game but um yeah so we'll see all right so this one we're gonna kind of skip over the dogs but then there's a game on Monday night and I just think this is an interesting game and in number but Louisville's playing Ole Miss in the Chick Fil A Kickoff Classic on Monday night. Uh, down in Atlanta and Ole Miss is favored by 10 and a half. Who are you like that one, Jamie?
1: Ten and a half is a lot. I like Ole Miss. I think, you know, their coach, they're coming around. They got some athletes. Um Louisville, I don't really have a lot of uh, faith in in Atlanta. 10, that's a lot of points. Um I tell you what, I'll take Louisville in the 10 and a half. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Ole Miss is gonna beat them by 12. So this, this is – I couldn't decide, and I just decided I'm going to take Louisville and the points in the Chick-fil-A Bowl on Monday. What do you think about it, boss?
0: Well, I'm sticking by what I texted you earlier. I'm going with Ole Miss, and I think they're going to score 40, maybe 50.
2: Yeah. I, Jamie, love, I love their offense. Boss texted me. He said, I'm taking Ole Miss and the over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish you would have texted me. <laughs>
2: Oh man. I, I think I will take old Miss too. I think, uh, you know, Matt Corral has got a lot of early season hype. He had a big year last year. I think lane schemes up offense is as good as anybody in college football right now. I um, don't exactly know who Louisville is yet. This is why these week one games are so tight is because it's like, yeah. you just don't know who's going to be who yet. So you're just picking off what your gut tells you. And my gut doesn't have the best record. So, um, but I think week one, if you can put some points on the board, it, it probably gives you a leg up. I think in some ways, football and baseball are akin where, where one side of the ball is always ahead of the other. And in, uh, in baseball, it's usually pitching's ahead of the hitting. And I think in football nowadays, offense is usually ahead of the defense. So um, I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover that. And uh, I think I'm with boss. I think I'll take the over, too. I think Lane will come out and try to put up as many points as possible, especially on a national stage. So, yeah, he's a showman
1: for sure. Lamar Jackson is still the quarterback at Louisville, is he not? (laughs) Is he no longer there?
2: If he was, I'd take Louisville.
1: I'll change my pick. (laughs) I'll stick with Louisville. You can't ever tell.
2: Did y'all see the thing on Marty Marty and McGee? Marty McGee asked Kirby about uh, about Lane's Father's Day tweet of, of Nick holding holding baby Kirby? No. Oh yeah. So they had uh, they had Kirby <laughs> on Marty and McGee and they asked him about the tweet, and uh, he was saying, Oh well, uh, you know. Lane's been putting that in the side text chain for, for months and months. So the good thing was, at least I saw it before it hit Twitter. So he said, but, you know, Lane, Lane always got to try and say something. I mean, I would pay good, good money
1: to get a peek at that
2: text chain.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lane seems like a, seems like a good hang. Oh, yeah. I bet them boys are talking some serious <laughs> junk on that chain, too, and I am here for it. So right. what do y'all think about, before before y'all wrap us up, what do you think about the uh, the uniform thing they were talking about? Ursh? I know that you sent me a text about the color rush or whatever.
2: Yeah, and, so um, it's funny. Like, Is that serious? Out, so it came out, and I think when I first saw it, I saw it at a couple different places, and I thought, this is serious. Well, then I saw that apparently it was somebody on Twitter had put it out as, like, a hoax to see how many people would, like, latch on to it. But then the next day, Buck Baloo like ran with it on his radio show saying that he had heard it from sources at Georgia's scrimmage that weekend. Uh, So I, who knows now I have no idea what they're going to do. But I'm not opposed to it. Like I I've, we've talked about this before, but I'm good with them doing some different uniform concepts as long as it's well thought out and well done. Like I didn't have any problem with them doing something different at the game we were all at in Boise. Exactly. Jamie's got the helmet the the right there right. from that night. Utah, that was another night where I went too strong on a Friday night and it was hurting all day Saturday. It was my bachelor party, though, so I do get a I get a pass oh, on that. that. That was fun.
1: That yeah, was not that was a fun
2: game, though. Not a fun game. No. But that that uniform was just not well executed. Like, Boss and I have talked about this. Neither one of us was opposed to them doing something like that. They just could have executed
1: it better. And I don't know if I that was not on have, Nike or who, but it was I, not good. I could not have been more surprised when they came out. I mean, we lost the uniform game. Boise State's looked pretty cool. Yeah. And so – I don't like the gimmicky thing. It didn't work out well for me the last kickoff classic that I went to and we we went alternative uniform. And here's the other thing. I don't want to see Clemson in all purple with those orange helmets. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play against that. That looks good. Yeah. Like all purple and orange tops. I don't want to – like I, I don't like the all red as much as I think the all purple would be so sharp looking. Well, you know, I told Boss this.
2: I would be interested in the all red if they went Fran Tarkenton silver helmet, like super yeah. understated, pure silver lid with either no no G
1: on it or the old block G from the sixties. Yeah, yeah, I got I've got that helmet sticker on my car. I love it, the old block G on the silver. Um, but you know they probably wouldn't do that. The red, red, red. And I really don't care about uniforms. And I know it's all about recruiting. God bless. Wear whatever you want. But I, that I had. I was on the field for the Boise state game and I was as excited as I was coming into Clemson this year, you know, being in Atlanta and our child was only one year old. This is gosh, 14, 14 years ago or so, I guess. And then just got manhandled. That left a bad taste in my mouth. So whenever it comes to uniform stuff, I'm like, eh, I'll take silver britches, red helmet and white or red tops every day of the week. I do like white socks instead of black socks, though. I think that looks cool they, when they used to wear the white socks. But yeah, that's I like my that only. Too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them
2: come out in the black again. I thought they looked sharp in the Peach Bowl. They looked sharp against Mississippi State, um, and I think it would play great on national TV. Um, I don't know though. I, I you know I just feel like Kirby is kind of no nonsense about that stuff. Like I think the black is about as far as he's going uniform wise. Like. He don't seem like he got the appetite to do red on red to me. I just – I don't see it. Um, He's
1: not a real – Not a, he doesn't need a lot of – he doesn't suffer fools lightly. And mm-mm. worrying about uniforms ain't his bag, baby. No.
2: I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Well, while we're talking about it, let's talk about this game. Uh, Clemson and the dogs, the big one, the one we all been counting down for. We've had a hundred day countdown going on our socials. Um, Duke's Mayo classic under the bright lights in Charlotte, Queen city at bank of America going to be the big ABC team on the call. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Holly roll on the sidelines, all the pageantry that you can want college game day. Going to be there in the morning. I mean, if you can't get amped up for this game, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this thing is going to be electric, Clemson is favored uh, by three and a half going into this game, which is a little surprising to me. Seems a lot more like a coin flip game to me than anything, but Clemson favored by three and a half. Uh, The folks in the desert obviously liked them a little better than the dogs, but uh, who who you got in this one, Jamie?
1: Why do you suppose that they're favored? Is it, it can't be the quarterback that we haven't seen. Is it the defensive line that's coming back? Is it their defense, their scheme? Is it Dabo? Is it because it's a and North Carolina, I don't, I don't get why they would be a three and a half point favorite against a Georgia team that's returning so many people on our defense. Our running backs are ridiculous. We got a blue chip five star from California that had, you know, a break in his action, came in, didn't miss a beat last year. Poised, big, big arm, smart head real, real middle of the road emotionally. That's what I like about him. He's always got that look on his face. You know, you referred to the book that he was reading. I like that kind of attitude. He's a grown-up. You know, he seems like a mature kid. And I don't understand how you can favor Clemson by three and a half over Georgia on a neutral site. When Georgia, the last time we saw Georgia, we were looking pretty daggum good. And Clemson wasn't looking all that great. And they think one's going to play into the other. I like Georgia all day long. I'd be happy to give them three and a half. I like Georgia to cover. I like Kirby to lose his mind Saturday night in North Carolina next week. I think the dogs are going to be on fire. I think our fans are going to travel. It's going to be a long day Saturday, and it's going to be a fun time Saturday night. I'll take the dogs, baby, and I'll give them anything they want. I like them straight up.
2: Testify, brother. Testify. I'm ready for this now. (laughs) I'm mad. It's only Monday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fixing to go put gas in my car.
2: <laughs> I'm right there with you, bro. I'm going to meet you halfway.
0: All right, boss, where are you at? I mean, you can't pick nobody but the dogs after that. test. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the dogs anyway, so um, I've got the dogs 27-21. Uh, I think it's going to be a closer game. I think it's going to be you – know, you no, know, I mean the trenches are where this game's gonna be won. I've been talking about it since I don't know since before we started our hundred day countdown. Um, <laughs> I, I, our offensive line is gonna have to beat their defensive line. That's where this game's gonna be won or lost. And I think our offensive line is gonna make do just enough against their star-studded defensive line to win this game. I mean, if
2: y'all know me at all, you know I am picking the dogs to just walk away with it. Like I think they're gonna win by at least ten. I have been singing this song for 3 months now and even with the injuries I still feel the same. I just think their depth is so so supreme to what Clemson's going to have coming and you know the the big thing I think a lot of the national pundits keep hanging their hat on is, is kind of a two-pronged thing. One, Clemson returns all 11 players from their defense. Well, That's fine if your defense was something to write home about, but the last time everybody saw you, Justin Fields and Ohio State hung half a hundred on you. So that don't exactly make me super nervous, okay? So that's one thing. The other thing they keep talking about is Georgia having problems in the secondary. Well, if Georgia got a transfer that was Clemson's best cornerback, how is Clemson's defense going to be better than Georgia's defense? I, I can't do that math in my head. But the other thing I'll say is I think Georgia's defense out of everything we've talked about is the most undersold commodity in the country. They are bringing back an absolute behemoth in Jordan Davis up front is probably going to play him way, his way into being a first round pick this year. you got N'Kobe Dean, the professor of linebackers in the sec man in the middle. And then you got Lewis seen in the back, just waiting to drop sweet chin music on anybody that comes his way. And if you are solid up the middle, no different than in baseball. Boss probably sick of me saying this, but if you go straight up the middle, catch your shortstop center field, I can build out from that. And let me tell you, the cupboard ain't bare everywhere else. They have got dudes at every position on that defense, and they are going to light up the Tigers all night long. And boys are going to be so happy to get back to the SO station late Saturday night. They can't wait to get out of uh, the Queen City after they face that dog's D. So I'm just telling you. And nobody talking about them, but that dog's defense is going to show up and show out in front of all of America on Saturday night. They're going to whoop them Tigers up and down the field. So, yes, I am taking the dogs to win by at least 10. Go, dogs.
1: Dogs <laughs> about 21.
2: I don't know. I feel good about it, boys. We're all going to be there. All three of us are going to be in Charlotte, all going to be having a good time. You already got the game day outfit picked out, Jamie?
1: uh no i'm just gonna go up there i y'all got something going on friday right we're gonna do something saturday
2: instead so saturday. saturday we're gonna have we're gonna be posted up like all day saturday so you gotta come see us i'll have a couple creatures on ice for you
1: yeah man keep, keep me posted i'm my plans are to see y'all and i'm gonna uh, check out game day my buddy that lives in knoxville is driving over his parents are setting up a big tailgate so we're gonna hang out for the, with them for a while and I'm just going to have a beautiful Saturday. I have miss my family, but I haven't been off uh, by myself, you know, for fun. And almost two years, Davis is 17 months old now. And so, Jack just started high school. Matthew, I'm helping coach his U football team on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Davis is 17 months old. More likely than not, he's crapped his pants. So, I just, I'm as busy as I can be this weekend. I'm leaving Friday, and I'm just going to try to just – make it through the weekend and have fun and just enjoy literally every second win, lose or draw. I'm looking real forward to just getting back out there and seeing some football.
2: Yeah. I feel you on that, brother. I just think it's going to be a celebration, man, where everybody's getting to get back together and, and share this together. And I mean that from both sides, Clemson fans and Georgia fans, just to be able to kind of be in the the communal setting of college football is a beautiful thing. And I know everybody's excited about it and we certainly are. And, we're certainly looking forward to seeing you and hanging out and calling the dogs and hopefully all of us having a big time and having a big night in Charlotte. So we will, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to call the dogs together one time on Saturday, but until then, we'll just tell them go dogs, sick. them.
0: Hey George is better
2: now.